Hey everyone, it's Riley. Welcome to episode 3.2, the last of three CS at U of M segments of SEDS cast. This episode features RuPaul, Sahil, and me, and this time we discuss CS opportunities outside of classes and more general advice. The different sections are timestamped in the description if you only want to hear certain parts of our discussion. As was mentioned previously, we are beginning to schedule podcast interviews with alumni, so keep an eye out for those. We are releasing a new episode at least every Monday, but are happy to do more. Let us know if you have any questions or requests for future episodes, and we hope you enjoy our talk. So there are some ways to get involved in CS outside of classes. Uh, we talked a lot about different classes you can take to explore uh, different aspects of computer science, but obviously there's a lot that is harder for professors to teach. Um, so it, it sometimes takes some initiative to like actually go out and find something to work on outside of your classes. This is also tends to be where you find better opportunities for things to put on your resume as well, just since every other uh, CS student at Michigan is going to have the same list of projects otherwise on their resume. Um, so being able to say that you're in something else that uh, allows you to learn something outside of the classroom uh, where you're maybe working on projects on your own time um, is really helpful when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think some of my most valuable college computer science specific experiences have come outside of classes. Like this is what I look back on and say, oh, this I'm glad I went to Michigan because of these experiences. So I, the research I was involved in was not CS specific. I was in MXL, which is a lab that builds satellites. And I got to do some computer science programming stuff for the satellites. So it's not really CS research, but it was a research lab. And that was my experience with research at Michigan. And like, I think that that brings up a good point. I also was a part of MXL because, you know, that was a great opportunity for me to combine the aerospace and CS major, but don't be afraid to look outside of CS to be able to do CS work. Uh, there are a lot of project teams at Michigan across the various different disciplines, and almost all of them will probably require CS in some way. So if you're interested in an application of CS, that's just not, you know, like pure code, like, are you interested in some kind of mechanical engineering, you know, like maybe making robots? Look at the other, look at um, organizations that are in other departments, whether they be research labs or project teams, and they will probably have some room to do CS work there. So I'd say keep an open mind when you're looking at the various projects. Yeah, I personally didn't do any research at Michigan, um, but I did join the Claws project team end of my sophomore year. Uh, I, up till that point, was mostly part of clubs. So I, coming in, wanted to join pretty much every club that had anything to do with CS. I wanted to do a lot of the entrepreneurship clubs, uh, Empowered, um, Michigan Hackers that does Hack Nights. I went to um, MHACs, the big hackathon that happens over 36 hours. I did that both my freshman and sophomore years. Um, and... Yeah, there was a lot of different clubs that I applied for, tried to get involved in. Uh, MIOS, which I don't think is around anymore, but it's the Michigan IOS Club. Um, so I just had a lot of varied experiences. I did a volunteer club, uh, Hack Blue, 
uh, they go to local schools and teach kids computer science. Um, but I think like all of those experiences were really valuable, uh, but it wasn't until Claude's that I really felt committed to one thing um, and started to kind of drop out of some of the other things I was involved with at that point. Um, but I do think like I was very much trying to find sort of what what I was interested in and being part of those clubs and being involved and trying different things was really helpful for me to figure out what it was that I was interested in and what kind of people I was interested in working with too. Yeah. So since this is SEDScast and we are SEDSTUs for the exploration and development of space and all of us are here because we like space in some way or another, I personally had trouble finding something that was a good intersection of computer science and space. And that's actually how Claus was born, which we'll probably talk about later in a different episode. But like the philosophy, I guess, behind Claus is using like innovative, like next level software applications for space exploration purposes, which doesn't really, there's not really much of a space for that at Michigan. So Claus is where it's at as an informal pitch for the team. Uh, we started off doing augmented reality, but we were definitely branched out into a lot of different directions with machine learning, conversational AI, computer vision applications. Yeah, for sure. That's been my favorite yeah. part. I definitely put a lot of effort into some of the fun AI and CV stuff, and I'm hoping to continue that next year as I do some graduate work at Michigan. Yeah, I personally was the same way um, because of some experiences I had in high school. I was really looking for something that combined both space and CS. And so I, at Northfest, I think first semester freshman year, was like approaching, I don't know if I went up to Massa, but I went up to like M Rover and some of those other clubs. And I was trying to ask about like, oh, are you looking for CS students? And I got kind of the impression that some of them, any coding that was needed, they already knew how to do and they didn't really need somebody else. And so I wasn't super motivated to join those. And so I kind of, that's when I sort of threw myself in the entrepreneurship and sort of side projects area. And then eventually was hoping I'd find a way back into space somehow. And then that's when I saw the clause uh, on the, Eek's email list, their request for students to work with them. And I was like, this is perfect. Also, um, shout out to, to Ari, the alternate reality, alternate reality initiative. I was part of that the semester before I joined Claus and being part of that is part of the reason I ended up joining Claus was because I felt capable of being able to sign up for an augmented reality uh, project team yeah. from working with them. In terms of SED's work, um, we do have other projects as well that do some fun CS uh, work. Uh, Blue, for instance, uh, the biennial launches for undergraduate education. The, on all of the payloads, there's a need for CS work so that we can actually you know, control the experiment, read data from Blue Origin log data. Um, the SED's rover itself, it has CS components to it. So uh, I, in terms of that project specifically, it's as much CS as we want to add to it since the entire part of that project is doing the fun work that we want to make a rover as powerful as we want. So if, we, if someone wants to put some CV work onto it, we can get some CV work onto it, etc. So SEDS itself has a lot of opportunities for CS students. 
to fit in on various projects that are related to space in some way or another. And Claws is definitely the biggest one out of all of them, though. Yeah, I guess um, outside of said specific stuff, I wanted to talk about professional societies. So I did um, at some point try joining IEEE. And I think joining a professional society is actually a really valuable experience to have. So this is something that my current mentor also emphasizes a lot is when you're when you're graduated and you're in industry, these professional societies are something that you're going to have with you in terms of networking and other things like lifelong. So I would really encourage you if you have the time and opportunity to to join something like IEEE. Mm -hmm. I'd say too, um, geeks, if you're a girl in eeks, I guess, um, even if you're not, you don't have to be in a girl in eeks to be part of geeks. Um, I've been a member of it since my first semester freshman year. And while I maybe have varied in how involved I end up getting every semester, it's something that I've definitely kept constant on. I'm definitely always on the email list. I was part of the professional committee for a semester. Um, and I've really enjoyed having that community to go back to and be able, being able to share what I find with them and then also being able to get resources from them in return. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Grace Hopper last fall with them uh, thanks to their scholarship and it was a really great opportunity and I'm just so thankful that I have them and that I've been able to make friends through them too. I've never really felt too isolated I think as a woman in CS uh, thanks to being part of WiseRP my freshman sophomore years and also being part of Geeks. So I think that that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, I guess we should also acknowledge the CS minor real quick. So the CS minor is basically five courses. So you have to take the intro levels that we had talked about in our last segment. So either 183 or 101, depending on the college, and then 280, 203, and 281. And then after that, you can take literally any upper level you want. So lots of flexibility there. The caveat is that it can't have another prereq, unless you want to take that other class too. Like yeah. If you really want to take 482 as your upper level, make sure you've taken 370 before you do that. <laughs> they're not going to let you do that. But yeah, yeah. they're not going to let you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think another big thing is even if you're not like – uh, you know, if you're not sure about the minor or the major at all, like, you know, start taking by, you know, 101 is a requirement for all engineering students. So if you're in the engineering program, you've already taken 101. So, you know, starting with 280, or if you're not in the engineering program, start with 183. And if you start liking it, you can always take more CS classes, even if you don't end up with the minor or the major, just because it's so valuable, you will learn a lot from it and it will help wherever you end up. Um, and hopefully it's fun. Like, I mean, I enjoy it at least. And hopefully you enjoy it. And if you realize, you know, like once you take 280 that like, you know, you're not a fan of CS, like don't, that's okay. Like that's hundred percent understandable. Like I imagine if I took like uh, two classes in mechanical engineering, I'd quickly find out that I'm not cut out for that kind of work. Yeah. Another thing is I think often things like 280 or 281 will count as a tech elective for your whatever major program you're in. I know we have a lot of Arrow kids in SEDS, so 280 and 281 can count as some of those requirements that you need, but not both. Yes, that's a, that's a big caveat, unless you're doing the major, in which case you can double count as many credits as you want. But if you do only the CS minor, 
you can only count one of 280, 281, 370, et cetera, for the aerospace major. Mm -hmm. Another important note that I'd like to make on FlexTech credits for CS majors is um, through CLAWS the past couple semesters, we've been offering credit. And um, I've been doing that through independent study credit. And I thought, oh, I can do this and fulfill my flex tech requirements. However, um, and it might depend on what year you're graduating and things like that. But when I went to an advising appointment, uh, I was told that I can't take more than four credits of independent study and put that towards my flex tech. So that was something that was super valuable for me to check in on before trying to graduate. Um, otherwise, I would not have been able to graduate on time um, if I didn't know that. Um, but it's a good thing to note that independent study for computer science can only count towards four credits of your flex tech. And if you didn't know you could have independent study count towards flex tech, there you go. I think it's important and valuable early on, especially to like meet with an advisor in this CS department specifically, and not just in the engineering, if you are in the engineering school, uh, because they can offer some really like valuable specific information, just like Riley mentioned here. Um, for me, it was good because I was able to actually plot out, you know, like what courses I need to take before I could start taking the um, upper level courses. So, you know, I saw, okay, I need to get 281 out of the way so that I can actually start taking some machine learning or computer security classes. And I was also able to see, you know, see what to expect from the course. So like out of my advising appointment, I learned like 281 and 370. Lots of people take it together, but sometimes that can be hard. And that's the reason why I did not end up taking those courses at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I I think I underutilized the advising, I guess, opportunities and resources that we have um, for CS. I usually went to advising at the beginning of every year or every semester, and for that, I would really encourage you to like schedule your advising appointment as soon as possible. Like, don't wait until backpacking opens up because you won't be able to get an appointment in time. Do it as early as possible, and that way you can also have more flexibility with who your advisor is going to be for that appointment. I think something that I wish I'd done was trying to get the same advisor throughout my undergraduate years, which I didn't. So I got a different like pieces of advice each time I went in. That can also be very valuable, like getting like unique like tidbits from various professors that might push you in. So it can be a good thing as well, I imagine. But it might be nice to get the same consistent information so you don't get overwhelmed or confused. Yeah, I mean, you can also do both. I would also recommend to outside of the official advising appointments that you can make, utilizing the peer advisor that's always sitting in the office. They're pretty much sitting there getting paid to answer your questions and are often sitting there with nobody to talk to. Um, so taking advantage of that resource, I think, is really valuable as well as making friends in CS who have taken the classes you are thinking about taking. Um, this is definitely the number one source of my advising, I would say. I've been to several professor advisors, but I, I am still more, I, I still think it's more valuable to ask about classes specifically from other students. When it comes to the professor advising, personally, I would say that that's really helpful for a more overview kind of advising. So if you're planning to, if you're trying to consider what classes should I take in order to be successful in grad school, or if you're trying to maybe focus on a certain 
discipline in computer science and you want to know what you should be doing to do that. Or if you're trying to find research opportunities, talking with them is really helpful. But when it comes to the details of classes that the professor that you're talking to maybe doesn't teach, um, that is a little bit harder for them to have that knowledge on. Um, and so it, it tends to be good to get the student's perspective on that. Yeah, I totally agree with all that Riley said. Like a lot of the most crucial, important like pieces of information I've gotten about computer science classes and just general experiences has come from older students or peers. And that's really invaluable. And I think the place that you can meet people like that is in your extracurricular activities, like research labs or project teams or professional societies. So that's another huge benefit to doing those things. Yeah. Also, too, there's um, a Facebook group for different that I don't know if it's like a general one across multiple years. I think it is. Um, but there's a Facebook group for the CS department where you can ask questions about different classes and you tend to get a lot of responses um, from even people that you don't know, which makes it really beneficial. And then there's also a lot of group me message groups around there that um, you can ask questions about into. So I think that's been something that's helpful that when I really don't know anybody else who has taken this class I'm considering taking, I have somewhere I can at least turn and be like, does anybody know anything about this class that they are willing to share with me? So especially if it's a new class or it's something that has only been offered a couple times, it can be harder to find people. Yeah, I can't tell how many times I've given advice to younger CS students about various courses, even some courses that I haven't taken, just by, you know, being around other people as they take the classes, you can give some advice on, like, you know, what to expect from the class. It's like from 45, I always heard that, you know, like, yeah, you learn a lot, and then, like, the exam, like, you will walk out of that feeling just weird about the class, but, like, everybody turns out to do fine on that exam, so it's just, it's just great, like, being able to actually talk with older people about classes, and that's something I wish I'd had more older friends to ask these fun questions about. Yeah, another um, place to get advice, which I really would recommend is Reddit, actually, r slash U of M. Um, because it's an anonymous platform, sometimes you can get some really, like, just honest, raw advice about a class. Like, people will tell you upfront just how bad or how good a class was. So that can also be a good place to get some advice from in terms of classes. So, yeah, I think that wraps up a lot of what we had to say about computer science, which was so much that we had to split this up into three segments. But I think there's some really good advice that all four of us had to say, things that I wish I had known before I had done or taken certain classes or done certain things. Yeah. Again, if you have any questions based on what we talked about or questions that we didn't address, uh, definitely feel free to reach out to us. We are happy to take your questions. Yep. So we hope you got something out of this. And as Sile said, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to any of the four of us. Thanks. All right. This has been Sense Cast, featuring your favorite CS students.